morning. Good to have you TLC today. It is spring. It's supposed to be 60 or something today, right? That is awesome! Next week, or this week, it's going to be in the 50s, and, you know, so I hope we don't see any more snow. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Ron's, wasn't Ron's joke terrible? And you almost need another one to pair with it, don't you? But before I tell you this lousy joke, let's say hi to our online crowd. God bless you. Um, amen. How many like, you know, if you go on vacation, you want to be well, right? If you're going on vacation, you want to enjoy your vacation. So let's believe right now, one of our wonderful members here, Rick Gatrell, he, I want to say, I don't know if he's in Florida or he's somewhere, it might be in a Carolina or something, but he's not feeling well. So in Jesus' name, Rick, you're healed. You will enjoy the rest of your vacation. Amen. Hey, they did a survey on how many tickles it takes to make an octopus laugh. Ten tickles. Ten tickles. All right, so now let's just... <laughs> it's a rough crowd. <clears throat> oh, wow. Well, hey, i just given you one to pair uh, things up with. Let's, let's jump into what we've been talking about. This is what we do. Last week, we talked about putting God first and being first fruit takes faith. We're going to kind of recap a little bit of that today, but um, today we're going to talk about living in abundance more than enough. We talked last week about a scarcity mindset, living paycheck to paycheck because God provides, we consume, we lack, and we fear, and then we have to go through that whole cycle again. And, and unfortunately, that is the earth curse system. That's you know, just how it is, and, and the rat race, and you feel like the hamster that you've run it, and then you get off, you're still in the same place, you know, and so we want to make those changes, uh, you know, we have, we have, Kim and I, and I, I'm not, we are not uh, uh, the end all to everything for sure, we have a lot of work yet to do, but there have been times in our life where we've just said, Lord, I, you know, we want to be able to go on vacation or be able to do something, and, um, you know, God just spoke to us and said, well, you know, then put your hand to it, because you don't even save a dollar, you ever been there? We're like, okay, that didn't, I, maybe I shouldn't have said anything, Lord, okay. But we had to start saving. We started saving our change, and we just put things out so the kids could recognize it. And we said, hey, we're going to go on this vacation, and so any change that you get, because we had some, you know, teenagers that had jobs and stuff, you're going to go on this vacation with us, so any time you have change, let's throw it in the vacation jug. And the next thing you know, you know that change over just a few months paid for our cabin for a week crazy and you wouldn't think but it's so so much our mindset and again i'm going to talk this morning about just living in abundance but our perception of that is is limited because we just think of it the way we think of it because that's all we know this is how it's always been we've always done it that way so that's all we know but god's way is a little different and so we want to look and have more than enough if we're honest how many like stuff i like stuff I like stuff. We like stuff that lights up. We like gadgets. We like all kinds of stuff. We like stuff that's fancy. We like stuff that's this and stuff that's unique. Plain stuff, fancy stuff, stuff that makes sounds. I mean, when I was a kid, most of the toys, I made the sounds. Man, now your kids, you don't, they don't even have to imagine. They do everything. They shoot. They make sounds. It's, it's, it's cool. I've got toys in my office in there that are the communicator from Star Trek. It looks just like it. It works. Well, not. I mean, it makes sounds. And the little spinny thing spins. I got an Enterprise. I pushed the top of the button. You can hear Captain Kirk say things. 
You're like, you're a kid. Yeah, I got a Kermit the Frog in there. He doesn't make sounds. <laughs> but there's stuff. We're, we're in a stuff. It's just stuff that meant something to me when I was growing up. But, you know, we, you see friends that have stuff. I remember having a friend, and he had like, tw- get it, 22 pairs, 22 pairs of Levi's. Dude, I had two pairs of plain pockets. Remember that from J.C. Penwall, that French store? Two pairs of plain pockets, and I had one for play and one for better. And if I got grass stains on my better ones, I was in trouble. And then if my plain pockets wore out, and they say I wore the knees out. How many guys wore your knees out playing and stuff? My mom, God bless her, she put one of them iron-on patches on there. So now it looked like the scarecrow. Which way do we go, Dorothy? So now I got that. If I wore the holes clear out, they became shorts. Multi-use. So stuff, man. We just grew up with, ooh, man. You want more stuff. Everybody, I mean, come Christmas time or whatever, there's always this push for stuff. Stuff, stuff. That's how kids know what they want for Christmas. Commercials. Stuff. You can go to Amazon Prime. It's your best friend. My wife can shop in her pajamas. That's cool. And it will come to your door. You didn't even have to go get the rush on Black Friday. Get trampled. There's only 100 items just for the first 100. Who wants that? Some people just like the thrill of that. I've watched people take things out of people's carts when they're not looking. (laughs) Stuff! Amazon Prime has a button. You can buy it now. And if you hit that button accidentally, must be God's will. 66 books in the Bible. Genesis to Revelation. God talks about money over 2,000 times. When we were just little babies growing up, or if you have children, one of the first things you're going to learn is, that's mine. Mine. My stuff. Mine. Maddie would put herself in time out in the nursery because she would go take stuff from other kids because it was stuff she wanted to play with. So she figured, hey, I'll whack this kid, grab his stuff, go sit in time out. Worth the punishment. We'd walk back in there to pick her up. She's just sitting in the timeout chair. And I said, how'd she get there? She put herself there. She went over and clocked that kid and <laughs> took the toy she wanted, I guess. I don't know. You know, but we had to train her. Stuff. Selfish. Mine. God speaks about selfishness probably over 2,300 times if you're counting in the Bible. So there's things competing for your heart, pride, selfishness, all of these things. Think about the things that got the enemy kicked out of heaven. Five eyes. If I did, I, 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 I. I'm telling you, he's after heart control here. And that's what God wants. When we give, that's why we say in America, we give our heart to Jesus. You know what that means? We are giving control, our belief system, over to Christ. As followers, this is what we do. When we are walking and we haven't grabbed this concept, then we walk with God supplies, we consume, we don't have anymore, then we get afraid. We lack, we fear. 
that cycle again. And even as Christians, you can live in that cycle because we're not trusting. Because this is what we know. The scarcity cycle starts in our mind. It doesn't start in our wallets. It starts in how we think. Proverbs 23, 7 says, They're always thinking about how much it costs. Eat and drink, they say, but they don't mean it. Now, there's something... Look at it in the New King James says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. That's what you're probably used to hearing. Eat and drink, he says, but his heart is not with you. There's nothing wrong with thinking about what it costs. Kim and I love to go out to... Eat. You know, we don't go out to eat all that much because we budget. We have a certain amount we spend. And so we, we, I get that. So we try to be good stewards with everything we have, but we do like. But there are things we take into account. Do you do this? Well, if I go to such and such restaurant, although it's good, there's the tip involved. Now, some of you might be saying, oh, we, we don't tip. I do. Because if I was a waiter or waitress, now, if you have a waitress that's Wonder Woman, wonder when she's coming back and wonder when I'll get anything, then that might be different. But we tip, and we like to bless people, and so that's part of our budget. So sometimes we're just thinking, well, you know what? I don't really, I, we don't have to have that fanciness. I think we'll just go through and we'll get this. And we'll, you know, we'll do this because we don't have to do that, and we can take that money that we would, now this is going to seem real frivolous to you, but I'm, we're just having fun. We can use that money, and we can go because the jersey's open. And so she can get ice cream, not that she couldn't before, but it just was like, we didn't have to have the, because sometimes it takes longer in a sit-down restaurant and all that stuff. So anyway, there's nothing wrong with being a good steward of what you have. You just weigh those things. Knowing, God, I just want to do what you want me to do, and I want to make choices that you want me to make. Because I don't want to spend money I don't need to. Maybe you want me to give it to somebody. Then, then I'll have it there to do. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we, we think with our choices. Now, I put this in here, but I, I want to challenge you because it's not always easy to say nor easy to think. If you've messed up in the past and everybody I'm talking to has, I have. Every choice that we've made can be traced back to thoughts that we thought about. Some of those you're like, but I didn't choose right. Right. So I challenge you to ask yourself, Lord, help me to think the right way. And I'm going to give you a scripture at the end of this message that's going to help you with that. Let's look at Jesus. I mean, isn't that the greatest example? Here's a story. You've all heard it. He feeds 5,000 people. Well, 5,000 families. Back in that day, they counted the men. The families were all, you know, they weren't counting women and children. So you're looking at basically a football stadium full of people. That's a lot of people, man. To feed. And so this is what's going on. Mark 6, 34 through 41. <clears throat> I'm gonna, you can see this up on the screen. I'm gonna paraphrase some of this just so I can get to what we need to talk about. But this is Jesus. He he gets out from where they're going, he sees all the people, he has compassion on them. Have you ever had compassion on someone? I mean, basically his heart, something's happening that's pulling, I need to do something. That's what compassion really, that's kind of what's happening. So he starts ministering to these people. Now, now think about this massive crowd. And it's getting late in the day, and the disciples are saying, man, basically they're getting hungry. 
and that they've been walking with Christ. But again, their mindset, even though they're with the man, their mindset's still like you and me. Hey, it's getting late. Why don't you tell them to, you know, maybe they go, they go to nearby towns or, or even get something to eat. And Jesus says, you feed them. And, and they're like, uh, do you see the crowd? And he's, they're basically thinking how much it's going to, this is their mindset, what it will cost to feed this kind of people, this amount of people. And Jesus says, they say, we don't have enough. He goes, go see what you have. Bring it back here. I mean, it's, I'm paraphrasing. You can look at it in the scripture. So they go, they come up with five loaves and two fish. They get a long John Silver's meal. So they've got a couple hush puppies in there, but they got a lot of people. So they say, you know, here's what we've got. And basically, Jesus has everybody sit down. The, that account says groups of 50 or 100. Uh, and this miracle happens in the Lord's hands. Another account, it happens in the disciples' hands. My point to you is, as I'm talking about this, you just need to know that it happens. Okay? So they bring this back to him. They bring what they have back to the Lord. So let me catch up, because I've, I've, I've went all ahead. But, you know, this is what's happening with the disciples. They're carnal mind. They're stuff-minded. How are we going to do that? I don't see a way we're going to do that. I could clear out everything. I, I can't feed all these people. But Jesus has a supernatural viewpoint, and they're looking at it from a natural viewpoint. And that's what happens to us. We look at things through our human mind instead of saying, God, show me what you want me to see. Because I'm not seeing this. How many would believe in here that God could show you something that you can't see in your natural mind? I mean, there's stories all in the Bible where oh, we're surrounded. We're, and he says, let him see what I'm seeing. And God, boom, opens this guy's eyes, and there's angels everywhere. Okay. I'm here to tell you this morning, just because what you see isn't what you like, there's something else that you're not seeing. So we got two different mindsets. The disciples are seeing a, a scarcity mindset. Whatever I have, it's going to be gone before we could even get to all these people. We're still going to need something. We might as well be afraid now because we ain't got it. And Jesus is seeing things differently. That's more than enough. Where are you right now? Do you got some astronomical bill in front of your face or maybe a situation in front of your face? I, you know, I, I don't know all of that, but I'm telling you, there's something deeper than what you see. There's something deeper past your mindset. Let me just say this. If we want to stay limited... If you knew what to do, you would have done it already, and it would be changed. But if we would let God, God, show me what I'm not seeing. Have you ever lost something and have just searched? And then you got one of your kids walk right up. You've been for 20 minutes on your hands and knees, straining your little eyeballs out, and your kid goes, oh, it's right there. Before I pick it up, could I slap you? Am I, can I get away with that? Because you're like, are you kidding me? But you're thankful they saw it, but you've been looking at it for 20 minutes. But you couldn't see it. 
I'm here to tell you this morning, when the enemy's telling you that it's never going to work, it's not enough. The devil is a liar. He is a liar, and it's just not true. My God shall supply all of my need according to... Now, need isn't... Spe- it, it doesn't have to be financial. Come on. It can be relational. It can be just... God, give me a sound mind. Give me fear. I need you to go. It might just be something like that. Just help me, Jesus. Let's get back to the end of the story now. So Jesus is seeing things in a different lens. You know, there's a story of a man and his wife, and the wife is, God's working on her. She loves God, but she's very judgmental. She's looking out her window at the neighbors, and she's just like, they put their clothes out on the line every day, and she just looks out the window and says, they're so dirty. Their clothes are, I mean, how does she think that's clean? And it would drive her nuts. And she'd complain to her husband. And he said, well, just quit looking out the window at it. And she just couldn't do it. She had to look out there every day. She's hanging up her laundry. I don't want to see it. Well, her husband decided, hey, you know what? Spring, spring cleaning. Clean the window. Clothes were really clean. It was the window that was dirty. (laughs) If you're looking at life through a dirty window, everything's going to look dirty. Clean the window. Start asking, God, help me to see things the way you see them. Jesus is saying, I see more than enough. So they're on KP. They're picking everything up. They get 12 baskets. Everybody say leftover. Now, this is just 20,000 people have eaten. They start with five loaves and two fish. They're picking up 12 baskets. Most of the time, we don't look at leftovers. We're just like, eh. I personally... The most people, I don't know, for me, I like Thanksgiving, Christmas leftovers. Anybody else in the house? I like those. My boy will make himself a Thanksgiving sandwich that Jesus would eat. Man, it, even if I'm full and I've got that turkey fecta thing or whatever that's called. I don't know what it's called. Trip of, never mind. But anyway, I'm in a turkey coma or something like that. Man, I, it still looks good. He's got everything on one sandwich and it just looks amazing. Should market that somewhere. But nonetheless, leftovers. And my kids will come back, you know, hey, leftovers, two and three days. And after a while, is there any left? But some people just be like, no, I won't eat leftovers. All I'm trying to tell you is there's an abundance. It isn't that they had to eat this. I'm, you know who I think got these leftovers? I'll tell you who I, I think the boy in the story that gave the, the sandwich, or the sandwich, the, uh, the five loaves, two fish, I think he got all the leftovers. Could you imagine? Hey, we'll help you take them, one for each disciple to carry. Let's go back to your house. We'll give them to your mom. I just sent you, and you go, wow. You see, it's an amazing what is leftover to you could be abundance to somebody else. What is your junk may be somebody else's treasure. It's about a mindset, folks. See, scarcity says, what can I afford? Abundance says, what do I have? It's not all about money. We just think it's, but what do I have? Abundance thinkers think that there's plenty more where that came from. When I grew up, there was Jay Leno in that Dorito commercial. Crunch, we'll make more. They sold billions of Doritos with just the mindset of, there's never going to run out. Now, Kim's sister calls them stink chips. She likes them. That's just what she calls them. Because if you ever talk to anybody that's eating Doritos or Fritos, you know they've been eating Doritos or Fritos. 
I'll just leave that where it is. But this is who we are, and this is what we do. We want to be abundance people. I want to change our mindset. I heard a story of a lady that she, she was just doing everything she could to support her and her kids and didn't sleep in a bed for over four years. I mean, she just didn't have a bed. She slept in a rocking chair. Her kids had a bed, but she didn't have enough money to get herself a bed. Now, listen, sometimes we go through things because our mindset stays there, doesn't it? We don't see a way out, so we don't believe a way out, so we thus stay where we're at. But she began to get a hold of God. And she began to just trust him. Lord, I I don't know how this is going to happen, but I'm going to believe you. And God got a hold of somebody else. Could you say that God is not stuck by just saying he can't do anything? He can get a hold of somebody. So he told somebody else that was going to the church she started attending, she needs a bed. And the people are like, well, we have a bed. Nobody sleeps in that guest room bed. We could easily give that bed away, and we'll just get another bed some other time. That's, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said, give her your bed. Now, listen, they didn't have to go out and listen to me. They didn't have to spend a dime. They had it. Do you hear me? So they got a hold of her and said, we have a bed for you. Do you need a bed? She didn't know what to say. She'd been praying, God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I'm believing. I heard about, you know, I know you're a God of more than enough. So she gets this bed. She is overjoyed. She's like, I want to be that kind of generous. I want to be an abundant person. I want to help somebody now. I want to help somebody today. Two doors down from her, a lady had a baby. And so she had a baby, and she didn't have a rocker for the baby. And the lady said to herself, I got a rocker. I could give her my rocker because I got a bed. I don't have to sleep in it. So you might be thinking, well, then she doesn't even have a chair. You know what she's thinking? I can be a blessing. I can use what I have now. So she gave her her rocker. And the story goes on without going into great detail. God started supplying all kinds of things because, listen, as Christians, we're not supposed to be hoarders. We're supposed to be conduits. And God just, he provides, he gives more and more. But you might say, Brett, I don't have any money. I'm not talking just about money. I'm talking, what about time? Maybe stuff. Maybe you have something you don't need somebody else could use. So you can start that today. Jesus redefines what can be done with what we think is a little. Turns out to be a whole lot. John 10.10 says this, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So the enemy's mode of operation or his MO is to still steal, kill, and destroy. And he's not lacking work. He's, he's pretty well employed with that. He comes in and he'll tell you lies. He'll make you assume. He'll, I mean, he tries it in our household. And our household is blessed. And usually, you know when he tries it? Saturday. Saturday, Saturday night. We got to be on guard because that's when he's like, oh, if I can ever get in, I'll get in now. You ever find that? How about Sunday when you're trying to get your kids out of bed? They can get out of bed any day. Sunday morning, you might as well get a crowbar. I don't want to get up. Five more minutes. See, everything about God's nature 
is more than enough. Jesus says, I'm going to give you life and give it to you abundantly. God has overflow. He has more than enough. So we're adopted into his family. He's our heavenly father. We should reflect that. We should be very generous, not just in our finances, but in our hearts and in our attitudes. It's about perspective and our expectations of what we're believing. So what do I have? I said before, this happens, and I want you to see it. It doesn't matter whether it's in the disciples or Jesus. I mean, I've preached it both ways. It's great that it happens in the disciples' hands, but it's great that it happens in Jesus' hands. Let's just be honest. It's great that it happened. It's great that for 20,000 people, they ate and were filled, and there's more left over. So I want to give you two thoughts today, and, and that's why when we receive offering, you'll watch me, because money has a spirit on it. It either has a, the spirit of mammon, or that's the earth curse system, the world spirit, or you put the kingdom on it, and by the authority that you have of the finances given to you, that's why we speak over it, and it changes kingdoms. So here's our two thoughts. Number one, God multiplies what is blessed. Mark 6, 40 and 41, they sat down, groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves, two fish, looked up toward heaven, blessed them. He spoke to them. Now, he didn't think to them. He didn't think out loud. He spoke out loud. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone uh, to share. So when it comes to our finances, just returning the tithe that's already God's, we talked about that last week, we just bring bring it back to him it's his it ensures blessing on what we are doing it takes faith to give first portion first fruit we've all talked about that i've had people come up to me and say you know what i was i thought i was tithing but i wasn't because i was just paying everything and then i would pay 10 percent after that if i had enough or whatever it doesn't take any faith if you have enough it takes faith to go god you're number one i'm going to give you first and then watch how he provides for the rest because that first portion redeems the rest. The Bible says that he'll bless us, that God says he'll bless us, not Uncle Sam, not Wall Street, not Steve Harvey and Bingo or the Lotto or whatever the show is. He's not waiting. You know, I have people that, you know, well, if, if, if you preach good, preacher, or if you move me good, or I get goosebumps, I'll give more, or I might give. I'm not talking about that. You can get goosebumps if you just don't wear a jacket and it's chilly. I'm talking about doing what's right. I'm just talking about, Lord, you're number one in my life. When it comes to giving, I'm going to give you first fruit. If you're telling me to do something for somebody else or to give something to somebody else or whatever, then I'm going to do what you tell me. Can I tell you when he does that, it's not always easy. Say amen to that. If you're listening to him, it's not always easy. God has had Kim and I give away vehicles. And I'm just telling you, the one time he had me give a truck away was an XLT truck, a Ranger. And it was in mint shape. It was beautiful. I loved it. And he told me to give it to this young man. And I said, I don't think that's you. <laughs> and he kept telling me, we only had one vehicle if I gave that one away. And I'm like, God, I, I, no, no. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And God just pushed in. And if you have a godly spouse, and I do, 
I said, I feel like God wants me, and the kid's name was Brian. I feel like God wants me to give my truck to Brian. I thought she would say, that's not God. We're not doing that. You know what she said? You better do it. So I did. And I'm, the mom crying, the kid. Kid shows up to pick up the truck. And they try to hand me $2,400. Truck is worth more than $2,400. And I am not allowed to take a penny of it. And he keeps insisting, oh, I feel God's telling me to give you this money. You take this money. And my mind starts going through all these things. Well, $2,400. I mean, God would be happy if I gave him $240 in tithe. And then I'd have this much left. We could do. And God told me, he said, I don't want you to take any of it. So now listen to me. I, I didn't share any of this in the first service. I'm just feeling the Lord to tell me to share this now. So I had to tell him, I'm sorry. I cannot take any of the money. You keep the money and you do with it outside of giving it to me, whatever the Lord tells you. That's between you and God. But he has told me not to take the money. So the kid insisted one more time. And I said to him, take your truck and go home. And I had to say it almost like that. And the kid goes, sorry. And I said, I'm not mad, but please just take your truck and go. Because you're killing me, Smalls. You know what I'm saying? So he took the truck and, and he left. The, and what I'm telling you is the Lord has purpose for everything that he does. He doesn't do anything accidentally. And then, you know, give the truck away. And, I, and in my mind, in my mind, I thought, I'm going to get me another truck. And it's probably going to be a monster truck or something. It'll be cool. And I'll probably get it within the next week or two. And everybody will be like, how'd you do that? God did it. And I'll be going around. It'll be awesome. Oh, no. It was a year. A year and we shared our vehicle and I can't remember exactly all the time frame he gave me another vehicle well he gave me a vehicle okay and then he told me fix it which I did give it away okay so I gave it away the guy tried to give me money can't take any of your money and he said I'm gonna give it to you anyway and, I, and so I told him if you send me a check I will I'll just tear it up He's like, man, but he didn't know Jesus. I don't know if he does now, but he sure was getting to know him in that experience. And God just moved on down. the, And then he just started blessing Kim and I. Things just started. I mean, he just he was blessing us all the way. Do you know that obedience is a very big key here? Even if you don't understand, you're going to trust him a little better than what you think. You, I mean, if you have to reason it out. Now, the Bible says to be led by peace, so I'm not trying to pick anybody's pocket here. If you think I'm about to receive an offering, just relax. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just telling you, you get a peace and say, God, I just want to follow you. I just want to be obedient. But this all started by giving. There's so many people that will just say, I'm going to wait, and when I get enough, I'll give. That's what I'll do. When I get more, I'll be happy to give. And God started it by giving. And so you have to go on what he did by faith. Come on. If you're waiting for everything to happen, and I, I told this story, and then I only have one more point, and we're, we're finished here. Uh, I told this story. Kim and I, you know, we, we know what it's like to be bankrupt. We've been there. We know what it's like to be on WIC and Medicaid and welfare. Been there. Know what that's like, and we were just going, finally got to go out. And I, I'm trying to remember how we got to go out. I, obviously, probably somebody blessed us. And we got to go out, and we went to, of all places, because we were looking with what money we had. <laughs> We went to a pizza place, and uh, 
the waitress that met that took our order and stuff. It was around Christmas time. She was very nice, and, but she, you know, we started sharing the gospel with her, and she was just saying, you know, she just needed God. She had kids. She was raising them on her own. Didn't know how she was going to do Christmas and blah 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 blah. And Kim said to me, she said, "We need to tip her really well." And I said, mm, "Okay." I mean, I don't even know if I said okay at first. But I said, well, honey, we, you know, we just got here ourselves. What do we, you know? And she said this to me, and I can still hear her voice saying this to me. If we don't give when we don't have, we won't give when we do. I can still hear her say that today. We've been married 35 years this June. I can still hear her just as she said, if we don't give when we don't have, we won't give when we do. So we gave that waitress a $50 tip uh, to which... She was crying and everything just because she now had some Christmas money to buy her kids some stuff. Here's our second point. God multiplies what's given away. When we speak over it and we take it out of one kingdom and we put it into another, and then we say, okay, Lord, we give this portion to you, whatever you say. I'm obedient to that. That's where the multiplication takes place. We speak over it. Our spoken words, not the words we think. Faith comes by hearing. Sounds. So you got to say them. Your authority, our delegated authority, begins to bring this change. So that principle plays out when we speak over it by the authority it was given to us and we give it away. It's funny how the Bible teaches the opposite of the world. You know, the world teaches second places. First place loser. But the Bible says the first shall be last. To find your life, you, you have to lose it. To be great, you have to serve. See, it goes against our culture. It's like petting a cat backwards. It just seems to be different. But as, again, as believers, we're not meant to be reservoirs or hoarders. It's a, I think you should, according to the word, we should have... An inheritance for our children. I think you should be wealthy. But I think you should also be God. I will do with this whatever you've given me. I will support whatever you want me to support. I will send. I will sow. I will do whatever you tell me. Because it is yours. I'm almost finished. I know what it's like to not have. I do. I know what it's like to give money when you're like, I don't know how we're going to buy. When it comes to groceries, when we were in our beginning years, groceries is a variable, isn't it? Because you can go to a grocery store and you can decide what your budget is. If you say your budget is $75, you're starting, if you're like us, you're in your mind or on your phone, you're adding up what you have, and then you're making choices sometimes as you get close and you find like, oh, man, we're about to our budget and we still need to get these three items. You might look at those three items or what's in your cart and go, I can probably do without that. I'll grab that. I'll grab this. Bingo. That's what we'll do. I still don't know. Miracle worker. $15, $25 a week was our grocery budget. We were living in this house that God provided and people were just in awe of it. And so were we. It was one of her favorite houses. I mean, we walked in, literally just put stuff up on the, on the wall. It was a great house. It was awesome. 
but we didn't we didn't go hungry but we were and she said i i wanted you to know because we don't do anything when it comes to our finances we don't do anything apart from each other we we know what we're doing hey i want to sow in this are you in agreement with that will you do this well, let's pray over that so we pray in agreement again think about what we're talking about it changes kingdoms we speak it out loud we believe we sow and we've talked about seed and all of that so that's what we do. So she said, I'm sowing this. We sowed our grocery money into places because our kids wanted to go to school after high school. They were homeschooled, but to, to like Pastor Gary had a college for them. We were like, we don't have the money for that. We, we're not telling Pastor Gary that, but we were like, okay, we're believing God for that. So we sowed in that, and God provided ways for them to go to college because we sowed into a, listen, another believer's life for, for whoever that was for college. It was a well-known you know, ministry. We sowed into that, and God provided for us. So it was, it was great. So anyway, she would, she would do that, and, and I'm like, okay. The Bible just says, don't worry about what you're going to eat. What, what are we going to do? Because kids don't understand budgets. They just like, hey, I like peanut butter. I like mac and cheese. I like cereal with toys in it. You know, They just, they just want to eat and, and be happy and feel the love in the house. And so I'm like, okay. So we sold, we gave, and you know what? Every time, and I can't even think of a time he didn't provide. We had a lady show up at our door. She said, get your kids, come on. Where are we going? We're going to the grocery store. Well, why are we doing that? She said, because the Lord told me to come and buy you groceries. I never told her a thing. I loaded the kids in the car because she insisted. Then she's looking at kids going, and what do you want? You want Pop-Tarts. Well, you, gonna, you, you tell a seven-year-old if you want Pop-Tarts, he'll be like, yeah. You want Twinkies? Sure I do. You know, and over $300 worth of groceries came back. We were like shoving them in our cupboards going, God, you're so good. And this person is just like, the Lord blessed me, told me to do that. And then the Lord would bless them. You see, this is all about an abundance mindset. Instead of, I'm never going to have enough. I'm never going to see myself that way. If you don't want to keep seeing that mountain, we talked about that Wednesday, you've got to change the way you think. Here's the scripture I'm going to give, and then we're going to close. Romans 12, 2. It's not up on the board, but I want you to know this is what it says. I love this scripture, one of my favorite scriptures. And this is the New Living Translation. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. That's what God wants. He wants you to start looking at things the way he sees them, the way he sees you. He sees you better than you see yourself. He sees your family. He sees your kids. How many knows that God knows your tomorrows? And let's just rest in that. Lord, what do you want me to do today? You know, it's what you do today that'll help you for tomorrow. Let's start with faith today so tomorrow is better. We had to make up our minds. I mean, literally, we had to make up our minds. As the head of the house, she's always respected me. She's never dissed me in front of the children, never. But I took my children into and I, i'm not against these organizations so please if you're watching online i'm not saying anything against this i'm just saying it was a free place to get shots and all the stuff that needed because that's how we were operating makes sense and we were waiting we were in there with our kids and there was good grief 25 kids maybe in there i don't know 
green snot was a flying man. You know what I'm saying? It's just the kids in there hacking all over a toy and another kid would grab it, you know, and you're just like, oh, man. But inside, I am a volcano. Not mad as much as just unsettled. And we're waiting and waiting and our kids don't feel good. They had to get shots or something. I don't know what we were there for. And I looked at my beautiful wife and I, you know, I could see on her face is this going to be like this forever? I mean, I don't know what she's thinking. I know in my mind, and that was, it was just inside. And I'm, I'm pacing. I got up and I was pacing. And I'm walking by people and stepping over youngins and stuff. And, my, you know, my kids were just doing great. They were just playing. They're playing with other kids because that's what they do. And I went up to the lady, and we'd been there a couple hours. I said, ma'am, how much longer? And she was not very nice and she I mean she stressed I mean, the atmosphere was, was not the greatest anyway but and that made it worse for me but yet you know sometimes what the enemy meant for bad God will turn for good according to the word and it just pricked me enough that it was time to fly now I want to I share this with you know, you know how eagles get their eaglets out of the nest the nest is built with thorns the mama takes all the comforting things out of there so they can't get comfortable and it's too prickly and eventually they just, they got to get out of there and that's how they fly. You want to stay with turkeys, you can. I don't mean that in the bad way. But it was time for me to fly. And I looked at my wife and I said, let's get these kids out of here. We are never doing this again. And God will provide everything they need. I declare it. And she looked at me, she grabbed my hand and said, I'm with you. We got our kids, and we said, we're, we're leaving. And the kids were like, okay. <laughs> they, were, they were glad to get out of there. But I remember the lady almost yelling at me behind the window, you won't get back in here. If you leave now, you won't get back in here. And I looked at her, and I said, I don't need back in here because I ain't never coming back. And I even told her, I said, you mark my words. Well, she doesn't know who I am. You mark my words. I said, we will not be back. And we walked out of there, and we got out the door. I remember the sense of freedom. How was he going to do it? I don't know how he's going to do it. It's not my job. My job is to believe. His job is to do part. How he puts it all together, my job is to put my hand to it. And you know, we never have ever been back. And from that point on, God provided everything that we needed. Maddie was on special care because she had cleft palate surgery. She had to have two surgeries and all this stuff. And they wanted us to do this. And after a while, the Lord told us, you're done with that now. Okay, we're done with it now. And we had people, doctors, like, you're, you're nuts. I don't think so. You know what we are? We're believers. That's what we are. I challenge you this morning have a mindset that would say, God, show me how I can change. Do I still need work? You bet. If you ask her, she's going to tell you no, but she knows it's true. I mean, she wouldn't lie to you, but she knows I'm human and I need a lot of work. I needed more work yesterday and I've needed a long time because sometimes you just get like, you're like, oh, you ever been like that? Yeah, me too. But I challenge you today. Let's get past us. Let's get to him. And let him get into us up here. Not just here, 
but up here so that we don't have the mindset of he provides which is good because in the in god's mind he provides and we know that but our first on the prosperity side as far as in the generous side when he provides we give that's what we do now because first portion goes back to him because it's his anyway and then there's more seed and everything and then it's just it's just the blessing starts in the world system he gives we still recognize he gives he provides but we consume we lack and we fear we don't want that we change the cycle ask god let me be abundant change my thinker bow your heads close your eyes please